Alive and Kicking is brought to you in association with PartyPoker.com. Sign up now using the bonus code AK90s and PartyPoker will match your initial deposit. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than the Britpop battle between Rub With It and Country House. My name's Ash Rose and I've been put in charge of this walk down memory lane in a decade that we like to say changed football. And today we're talking League Cup finals because it's second round week in 2015. We thought we'd have a look back at some League Cup finals of the 90s because some had some quite memorable moments uh, of League Cups in general and the 90s and eight different winners across the 10 years. We'll also be talking to someone on the phone who has scored a winner in a League Cup final and a, and a great interview, Mr Nigel Jensen, later on. Before I introduce today's guest, I just want to say uh, another big thank you to anyone who's listened or downloaded last week's pods. We're having a great response to the pod at the moment, so long may it continue. Um, we are finding ourselves running out of time quite quickly, as you can imagine, the, the amount of stuff there is to talk about and the amount of tangents we keep going on. Um, last week, uh, with the kit pod, we, uh, we didn't even talk about the whole Tiger kit, which we wanted to talk about, and, and the Norwich kit as well. So at some point, uh, in the season we'll probably do a second kit uh, podcast so we can talk about the ones that didn't get quite the, the uh, attention they should have and we'll try and get um, John and the boys back on um, but in the meantime you can of course follow us on Twitter at AK90s or, or Facebook forward slash AK90s uh, AK90 sorry and drop us a comment or and just tweet us some pictures we love seeing the uh, the merchandise the shirts uh, sticker albums collectibles those Corinthian figures which we'll talk about at some point just tweet them and Facebook them we love seeing them but on to tonight's guests, and we are talking League Cup and League Cup finals, and representing the end of the decade, um, from Rule the Roost podcast, a, a great Tottenham podcast, if you're a Tottenham fan, do give it a listen. Uh, sometimes better known on Twitter as a Ted Trunk, is that how you say it? Yeah, I think, yeah. You, can you might that explain way. that a bit later, but Spurs fan Jack Hussey, good evening. Good evening, Ash, how are you doing? Man? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, next to, uh, well, next to me, actually, not next to him, but a man who spent most of his, uh, especially your days writing about the, the teams in London, don't you? But is a Villa fan, and saw two wins, uh, League Cup wins in the 90s from West London Sport Andrew Rayburn good, good evening, evening Ash. and we, finally we were supposed to have a, a Sheffield Wednesday connection on to talk 1991 however he, he sadly couldn't make it so we've had to pull out our own super sub our own Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to replace him unfortunately his team weren't as effective as Oli in the 90s but we're consistently continuing that on Ash you know? that's, that's what I like to hear um, and he's got to get a more neutral view from, from this man I think so I like to call him the West Kent teacher of the year and all round 90s guru Millwall fan Rob Gallagher Good evening. Good evening, guys. Right, before we get on to, to League Cup and speak to Nigel, um, what I like to do, as we all know by now, is the 90s football CV. So I'm looking straight across at Jack, so I'm going to start with you. Um, sum up the 90s for, for Tottenham Hotspur. I would probably say, who okayed Pony as a kit maker? <laughs> no, like, we're going to start on kits early on. That's, that's the good ones. The purple ones. Yeah, yeah, oh, don't, don't get me wrong in design, <laughs> but I mean, you know... Come on, it's, it's, it's easy fodder for the Arsenal fans, that, to, and Chelsea, but yeah. they didn't really have They did Southampton and West Ham's as well, in fairness, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess But so. it's a it's good probably, way to sum it up. Yeah, probably way to sum it up. I kind of, I think a lot of Spurs fans look back to the 90s as being like this barren kind of wasteland that was just complete misery. But when you actually, well, I was thinking about it before this show, I was looking back at the 90s, I was thinking, it's actually pretty decent for mm. Spurs, to be honest. FA Cup, League Cup, it's not bad. Yeah. No. Big song. Jürgen Klinsmann. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jürgen Klinsmann, the famous five. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Are one of those famous five your, your favourite club player from the 90s? Yeah, Teddy, it's got to be Teddy Sheridan, I think. That's, that's, that pretty much sums up Spurs in the 90s for me. He was that kind of mercurial talent that a lot of people kind of, you know, lots of other people liked him. He was decent enough. He was never, you know, he was never really quite up there, but he was close, knocking on the door. And I think that sort of summed up Spurs pretty nicely, really. Oh, he had a good 90s himself, didn't he? What, yeah, with, well, yeah. After, with England. After he left Spurs. After he left yeah, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Although he did miss a debut, uh, miss a penalty against Spurs on his debut, if I remember rightly. Right. I think we talked yeah, about yeah. on on week one. And best 90s player overall for you? Oh, I don't know. There's, there's quite a few. I think the one that just sticks out, like, naturally is probably the, the real Ronaldo. Fat um, Ronaldo. It's the I first time, so. you know, it's the first time we've had him. Yeah. And, and I'm surprised because... I mean, he was phenomenal yeah. in the late 90s, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, it, that's, that's why I was kind of thinking, does he, does he technically fall under a 90s player? But I think... I think, okay, well, I mean, 98 is, yeah, is exactly. probably his, his peak, I, I'd say, yeah. 98. And, you know, withstanding what happened in the final, he, he, re- he owned that World Cup. Yeah, he did. And, you know, he was just... He was, he was immense, wasn't he? He was, really. definitely. One of the, probably one of the best strikers we've ever seen. Um, over to the Villa then. Um, sum up the Villa in, in the 90s. Oh, he's wearing a Villa kit. Ah, oh, and a white kit as well. Yeah, yeah and that was... Thought, um, I'd, thought I'd get the, the, the best Villa shirt of the 90s on. Um, yeah, Colly, the, Collywell wore that, didn't he? Um, no, a little bit later. A little bit later. A little bit later than that one, I think. Uh, oh, no, maybe he did. No, he probably did, actually. We'll tweet a picture yeah. of this yeah, uh, no, Villa kit. because he would have been around in the... Um, yeah, and... Um, Villa, I think, probably best summed up as the best of the rest, really, in, 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 the, in the 90s. We were always sort of there or thereabouts, more, more so than we are now. Um, and sort of top six finishes on a relatively regular basis, although we did have a couple of awful seasons, um, uh, sort of early to mid-90s, where we flirted with relegation a couple of times. But, um, yeah, so top six finishes, League Cup wins. It was always, and ever since now, whenever there's been any season previews that you read, um, it's always like you know Villa are mentioned as the possible League Cup winners because mm. it's just we're just an afterthought. We're just like oh yeah, <laughs> the top four or five aren't going to take it seriously. Who's going to win? Oh yeah, it'll be Villa because they're like the best of the rest, aren't they? Um, okay, the last few years we haven't been, but certainly in the nineties and bleeding out into the early two thousands, that was kind of our role. But uh, I miss it. I miss I miss home games that we were almost certain to win because mm. now we're not certain to win anything on any given Saturday. So um, I just, I, yeah, I, I miss the days where we could turn up and beat Southampton 3-0, as we seem to do on a regular basis. Absolutely. I'm, the only other Villa kit, well, I'm going to talk about kits as I always do, is the one with the laces. I love that. I was going to mention bring, that. Yeah, yeah, hashtag bring back the laces. Uh, best <laughs> club player then um, of the 90s for you guys? Uh, um, uh, despite the way it ended, um, it's got to be Dwight York for me. Mm. Um, the, the, the two League Cup final teams, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, they kind of represent... a. Um, different uh, different sort of eras really the 94 era you've got Dean Saunders and, and, and Sean Teal and Daly and Atkinson and those sort of players um, Kevin Richardson and then only a couple of years later and it suddenly becomes York Savo Milosevic Ugo Ekio Gareth Southgate Mark Drapery and Taylor um, but you know York just scored so many goals um, at one point I think in one season he was the well presumably before he moved to United he was the um, certainly the I think second Premier League top hmm. scorer behind Shearer one year um, you could just rely on him to, yeah. to, to, to pop up with goals not always spectacular but just a finisher yeah just a finisher it um, showed you don't you know that Man United team that he later played for you know they were one of the best Man United teams of the generation, and you know you, you have no mug to play in that team, do you? 
So Dwight York, absolutely fantastic. And best 90s player overall? Um, well, I know uh, from listening to the first few uh, pods that the uh, the name Eric Cantona crops up. But, it's one of two, yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, you've got your different types of players, haven't you? Obviously, people will mention Roy Keane if they're that sort of, you know, you want to see that sort of commitment and that sort of longevity over the decade. Um, just dominated the deck, but uh, someone like Matt Letizia for me mm. sums up the free spirit of the nineties, yeah. um, where everything was changing, um, and he just got he, he if he was fitter and um, more mobile and less uh, wedded to the south coast, yeah, he could have made something really special of himself, and even then he was pretty good. He was, yeah. um, you know, and so um, you know he carried Southampton for for a little bit and. Uh, Scored some spectacular goals. You remember the spectacular goals, the but he, but goal he, yeah, um, but he yeah. did. But he did. You know, he he, he was capable of uh, of doing anything. I mean, from a Villa point of view, you know, someone like Paul Merson was very similar as mm. well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Obviously, Arsenal got his best days, but. Uh, yeah, so good choice, good choice. And I have to say, it's the only time I've seen Gabe Abraducer nod when it wasn't Arsenal was at Matt Letizia. So that must say a lot. And then lastly, this will be a, a different take. We had Bristol Rovers last week, which also I like seeing Ooh. some of the lesser, no offence to, to these guys, but they were, you know, 90s, weren't in the Premier League, so we'd like to, to see. Neither will QPR on the late, so I'll fully admit that. So sum up the 90s for, for Mill, Mr Gallagher. Well, obviously it didn't start so well because we come down from the old first and then... Uh, you know, going into as the years went on, we were knocking on the door of Premier League. Teddy Sheringham, thirty-eight league goals in the season that we had in Division Two, which was good. Obviously, he got sold for Forest, and then the team started to fall apart, but be re- rebuilt again under McCarthy. We had some good cup runs: uh, Windsor White Forest, Everton, played Arsenal, played Chelsea. Who, who knocked you out that uh, some season? Some small provincial West London side <laughs> knocked us out. I don't know. Who. I had to mention it. Sorry, Gary. On um, dodgy handball. <laughs> and, you know, and then obviously faced with liquidation. You know. The club was, I don't know, maybe allegedly mismanaged. Mm. And, uh, you know, we could have gone out of business, which would have been a shame, not for the rest of football, but for the four people who follow us in my family, definitely. And, you know, but towards the end, there's just immense hope because we had some fantastic players coming through. Stephen Reid, Tim Mm. Cahill, Neil Harris, um, Paul Eiffel, to name a few. Richard Sadlier, unfortunately, um, retired from injury. But, you know, we're starting to grow something. So it was a real mixed bag. Mixed bag, yeah. Best club player of the 90s then? Um, I thought about this so many. You could have Sheringham at the start. You could have Alex Ray, who's a fantastic player. Ray, yeah. But it's got to be, for me, it's got to be Keith Stevens because... Rhino! Rhino, <laughs> Rhino would put his head where most people wouldn't put their feet yeah. and, you know, epitomise the spirit of the club. Um, not the best player, not the, you know... Well, a bit of a workhorse, really. Mm, and, you know, that's yeah. it, and that epitomises the Millwall spirit, so... Yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. We have to get him on the pod. It'd be a good chat to, to Keith Stevens. Best 90s player overall, then. Oh, it's so hot. Has anyone mentioned Dally Dyer? <laughs> no, they haven't. It was his birthday in midweek, though. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so happy birthday to that one game appearance for Southampton. Again. Yeah, George Weir's alleged cousin. But go on, he did play for Millwall, but best 90s player? George Weir. George Weir. Fantastic player. Absolute, you know, feet, skills, all the attributes. Um... What, what more can yeah. you say? I always you know? remember that goal George Weir scored because this will be on Football Italia with um, James Richardson oh. sitting outside a lovely Italian cafe with Gazzetta Lo Dulla Sport. Um, I said that quite nicely in the accent. Yeah? Um, and that goal he scored, I think it was his own half. He took it from his own half, pretty much. I can't remember who it was against, but it was literally from the corner of their penalty area and just went the whole way, skipped past a few and spanked it in. And that was a George Weir. It was such Fantastic. a shame that we saw him in the Premier League towards the end of his career. I mean, he played for City and Chelsea, didn't he? But he wasn't the George Weir. And he was probably that first African footballer, you know, the big. Big, strong that we saw in the in the in well in world football wasn't he? Definitely. I mean, I think the performances that he put in, the commitment, the skills, and you know, 
I don't even think he knew what he was doing. So the <laughs> defenders had no chance. Absolutely, probably, absolutely, probably not talked about as much as he deserves. No, no yeah, he, is, he won he? World Player of the Year yeah. as well. So it's, it's, he was definitely someone who was in, of that decade, one of the best at, at the time. So yeah, that's no, a great shout, George Ware. Um, and shame he never played for Millwall. That would have been an interesting mix. <laughs> but we're going on tonight's subject. Um, before we talk particular, I'm giggling at the start of uh, Millwall and George Ware. Uh, <laughs> particular League Cup finals. We're going to look. Uh, just a general question to the guys here um, about the perception of the League Cup. Because we're in 2015, I think it's fair to say, although in the last few seasons it's changed slightly, but it's not seen, I think in the 90s, I mean, for me personally as well, I mean, the guys that won, teams that won it, it, was, it seemed a big deal, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah, Aston Villa fans love the League Cup. Mm. It's about our only chance of winning anything. No, um, yeah, uh, it, it was made a big, bigger deal of in the 90s, um, I guess because um, the you know the, it was it was everybody took every game seriously and the, you know there were smaller squads then anyway so you, there was no you know you didn't rotate or anything mm. else the the mental thing about the league cup back then when you think about the number of people complaining about the number of games now is the second round being over two legs yeah it was yeah um, and I mean I remember us spanking Peterborough um, something like six nil on the way to one of our maybe 7-1 or something on the way to one of our uh, League Cup triumphs and actually it was 6-0 and then we drew the second leg one all because we weren't quite sure how to approach the second leg (laughs) when leading 6-0 it seemed like a complete and utter waste of time to turn up and try and beat the side again um, I think we probably had the players' mums starting on that day. I don't know, but it, it just it, and it just it was just a pointless exercise. We just, I mean, Peterborough didn't want to play. <laughs> we didn't just want to got play. Brian Little playing himself. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but then the, I, mean, it's, I think it's the same now that when you get to the latter stages, people do start to say, "Come on, let's go and win it." Um, and I was at the um, last League Cup final, this year's League Cup final, and you know, Chelsea and Tottenham wanted to win that game. Um, they may not have necessarily wanted to have got as far, mm. <laughs> but they wanted to win that game. And certainly, you know, you look at the, the, the performances Villa put in in the two League Cup finals, um, you know, they were, they were fantastic team performances. The lead side that we played in 96 wasn't, didn't really turn up, um, but the Manchester United side in 94 was going for yeah, the treble. Um, and, it, you know, Villa really wanted it. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 I think it, 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 what it, where its place is now... I'm not entirely sure, but certainly in the 90s, yeah, everybody wanted it's a big to. Deal. Even in 99, I mean, for Spurs, I mean, you know, there was, it wasn't one a classic final, which we'll talk more about it later, but it was a trophy that, that people wanted to win. It's a trip to Wembley. I mean, I'm a big advocate of not playing the FA Cup so many finals in these days at Wembley, but that back then it was only one of your only two chances, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. It was, a, <laughs> it, was, it was one of our only, like, you know, shining lights in the 90s. Like, I, I know I say that people said it was a pretty miserable time for Spurs and... That that was the kind of thing that still it sticks out now, even now that you know it's a day like you say it's a trip to Wembley and it's it's silver and I think that's something how you're talking about the perception of it now that is still un, you know is still overlooked massively that people people don't really put as much into winning silverware really anymore um, mm. and this is I guess this is a point of much kind of consternation between supporters of the same clubs you'll you'll see Spurs fans fall into two camps of like we should really be you know pushing for top four Mm. we should be doing this and you'll have some people come back and say well it's it's not actually success finishing in the top four you're okay or whatever it gives us money you get to play in Champions League but what we're going to do in the Champions League really overall but whereas winning a cup still is 
that's your place in history, isn't it? So. Well, it's that old fables. When you're old, and you're, if you're a footballer and you show your grandkids, what would you like to show them? A table that you're fourth place or, or a cup medal, which I think everyone you know, in the game should want a cup medal. And, and for teams you know, like Mill and, and like QPR back, especially the end of the decade, it was, it was always good to play teams which test ourselves and, and, and get a giant. You, know, you did it in the FA Cup, but it was always the League Cup as well. You'd always look forward to the draw, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Bigger teams and get, get a night out away somewhere or have a big team down at the den. And, you know, there's something about playing cup football midweek. It's fantastic. Under the floodlights, dark, there's a special sort of atmosphere there. And you don't always get that every Saturday. I mean, you definitely don't get it down at Millwall. But, you know, if you get a big team down there, you certainly do. And it's fantastic. You know, um, we had some big nights. We got the quarterfinals in, I think, 94, 95. And Fjordtoff for Swindon just absolutely tore us apart. Um, but, you know, I was looking at the goals today from a lot of the cup finals. You can't tell me that that cup didn't matter. Because if you have a look at the way that the fans are celebrating and you look at the at pure elation that's on the players' faces as they're scoring and collecting their, their, their trophies and their medals and things, they're loving it. You know, it's, it's cup football. Brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, really, when you look at it just a few years ago and Spurs beat Chelsea in the final... Um, and you saw the way, like, you know, you, you had a couple of our players, like Ledley King, Robbie King, two, like, big Spurs stalwarts in the, in the noughties, if you like, who hadn't won anything. And they, they're probably their talents deserved a lot more than they did win over the course of their careers, debatably. Um, but you, you could see just a look on their faces in particular when they won that, when they won that trophy. It was, you know, it meant everything to them. Definitely. So, yeah. I think the other, the other thing, of course, about it is it's, it's a route into Europe for, for teams that may sense that they're not going to do it through the, you know. And that's the other thing about the 90s. You finished fourth. I don't think you're even guaranteed yeah. a European spot at was, that well, stage. Well, um, Norwich finished, didn't they, third in the first season of the Premier League and then the following season they did their famous UEFA. And that was the UEFA Cup. It yeah. wasn't Champions League. It was literally the Champions League yeah. back in the yeah. 90s. Um, and even when they stretched it out um, in the mid-90s, you know, you, I mean, I remember when Villa were top of the league for a little while, um, late 90s, and fell away... Um, we, you know, we were worried that we might finish sixth and not be in contention for, you know, for, for Europe. So, uh, you know, if you you had only sort of four or five teams that could get into Europe at most, um, and so, you know, yeah, winning it was a chance to to then get into the UEFA Cup and and try and try and do something there and, and, have a and night build like your did. build yeah, build your profile. Have a night like uh, like Phil King did against uh, Inter Milan from the penalty spot. Absolutely. Um, one guy who did exactly that, and we're going to speak to him now, um, who scored the winner in the 1990 uh, League Cup final, uh, Nigel Jensen, and he's on the phone. Nigel, welcome to Alive and Kick In. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Nice to speak to you. And you, yes. Uh, we're talking League Cup finals tonight, so um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but just tell us what it was like to growing up as a youngster at Nine Forest and with that team and under the legend that is Brian Clough. Well, to be honest, um, I, I didn't grow up as a, as a Nottingham lad. I'm originally from Preston, so um, you know I did my um, you know uh, beginning at uh, Preston North End uh, as a, a YTS for two years. Uh, managed to earn myself a pro contract, stayed there for a year. Then Brian Clough rang me up and uh, asked me if I wanted to come and join him for 250 grand, which uh, obviously I jumped at the chance and turned Manchester United down for it. And, and what was, I mean, obviously he's one of the greats and, and even then like, coming towards the end of his time at Forest, what was he like to play under? Well, I mean, uh, you know, he's, he's by far my best manager I've played under, uh, but uh, the aura he had about him and uh, the way he was was, was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I count myself a very fortunate and lucky man that um, I played under him. Um, you know, lots of people have uh, said how good he was throughout the years and um, yeah, I understand the reason why he was and... Um, 
a successful manager and, uh, you know, it was um, a pleasure to play for him. Have you got any stories you can remember from him, some that, that stick out from, from what he was like? Uh, well, there's lots of different memories, uh, you know, some good, some bad. Uh, I can remember once they punched me in the stomach for putting the ball behind the back of the goal. Um, <laughs> Um, but um, no, the, the, like I said, you know, we, people thought that uh, you know we didn't get on. Uh, we did get on, and uh, I was just um, a young lad coming into a, a very successful team, and um, had success for a very young age. And uh, he just tried to keep my feet on the floor, and um, be someone that obviously I respected. And um, you know, I had four great years there. Um, you know, Nottingham Forest is the, the club close to my heart. Uh, I coached in the academy there with under 15s, and. Uh, my eldest son Charlie's uh, just started a two-year scholarship with them, so um, yeah, it's um, it's a fantastic football club. Brilliant. And that team you mentioned it was great at the time. What players can you pick out that that you, you liked playing with in that Forest team? There's lots of things, sorry. There was lots of players, and it was a great Forest team at that time. I mean, what sort of, what sort of players are, do you remember playing with, and what they were like? Yeah, some fantastic players there. You know, you look at the likes of Des Walker, who's played you know eight times for England, possibly Stuart Pearce. Legend as he is, um, Nigel Clough was there, Roy Keane was there, um, you know Gary Parker. You, you're surrounded by fantastic players who who played football the correct way, um, and uh, I thought I enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, obviously in hindsight, went to Sheffield Wednesday. You know, was it the right move? Possibly not, but obviously I don't um, regret going to Sheffield Wednesday. It just wasn't uh, uh, successful as I liked it to have been. Going to the to the cup final, then what do you remember about the build up to to the 1990 final? Is it was it, was it a massive uh, sort of preparation going into that game? Not very low key, to be honest. It was uh, Brian Clough was uh, typical like that. You know, he um, it was the same you know ritual for many home games down in London. You know, we we came um, to the ground, um, we we went down uh, after a meal at uh, Antonio's and travelled down the coast. stayed uh, in a, a an ordinary hotel just off the M25, I think it was M1, um, and went down as normal. Um, obviously, got got on the pitch and uh, was raring to go. And um, you know, we we played the game, obviously winning the winning the cup. Uh, came back and you know we all went in our separate ways. But he he had us in the next morning and, and decided to run us as a, <laughs> uh, as a bit of a punishment for winning. I think. Oh, brilliant, typical Brian Clough. And the game itself, I mean, I remember it being quite a tight game. Obviously, you got the winner in the one there. What was it like, I mean, to, to see that go in the back of the net and, and to score at Wembley? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't probably the cup final. It was Nottingham versus Oldham, who had done fantastically very well to, to get there. So it wasn't exactly uh, a classic, but, um, you know, you can only be as good as what you uh, put in front of you. And Oldham uh, put up a really good fight. Um, it was actually a typical unforest goal, really. It came from a goal kick, you know, and uh, Steve Sutton kicked it. I, I put it onto Nigel. Um, he got hold of it, turned it, and, and you know, I uh, ran past him and, and he played me a through ball, clean through, and a bit disappointed that I didn't put it in first time. You know, I tried to bend it around the goalkeeper and he made a great save and it just fell to my feet and uh, managed to knock it into an empty goal right in front of the Forest fans. And, uh, you know, the feeling was immense and, uh, you know, something that... Um, you know, until you've done it, you can't really describe. You know, I've got two boys that you know you try and tell them, but you know, you had you pass it on, you can't really. But mm. um, it'll live with me till the day I die, and um, a very proud man. Mm. Do you think the League Cup back then was a much more bigger deal than it is sort of more in modern day football? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, um, it was a, a trip to Wembley and it was a silverware that everyone wanted to win. Uh, everyone put the, the best teams out. There wasn't the squad rotation that there is nowadays. Um, I do think that over the years it's been devalued a little bit, mm. but I think actually now teams are, are starting to go back again to, to wanting to win it because it is a um, you know a piece of silverware. You know, you, you tell me that Brendan Rodgers doesn't want to win that. You know, he yeah. doesn't want to win it. You know, so you know maybe. Um, the likes of uh, you know Manchester United, but uh, you know I can remember a few years ago when they were struggling and and you know they weren't going to win the league or the FA Cup or the Champions League and you know they they, uh, they played Manchester City I think in the semi-final and they put yeah. the full squad out you know so that was a trophy they won it that year and, and no one told me that you know they they devalued it then they they wanted to win that tournament so yes it's um it's it's still a big you know a league cup at the end of the day and. Um, you know, I'm very proud to 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 have scored and and to have uh, won the trophy, and um, you know, I look back at it with uh, fond memories. Absolutely, and just quickly, then, on your you mentioned Sheffield Wednesday didn't quite work out, you but did you play with some great players there too? What, what did you have, you must have some good memories of of, of Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a massive club, uh, fantastic fan base. Uh, at the time, um, you know, I thought I was going to. Uh, the McCreary's talked about me, you know, obviously playing for the full England squad. You know, I started the season off fantastically well. I think I was top score, top goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, you know, I thought it was the right move, you know, to play a fun with David Hurst, who I think, to be honest, take his injuries out, would have, would have been a top, top Yes, yeah, underrated, really, David Hurst, wasn't he? Well, I don't think he was underrated. I just think that, uh, you know, his, his career was, you know, played by, obviously, a few mm. bad injuries. And, uh you know, on his day, he was better than anybody. You know, he was fantastic. And, you know, everyone remembers Shearer, and I played with it, uh, Alan Shearer for the under-21s. Um, but David is as good as he was. Uh, well, you know, he, he had a terrific left foot. He was aggressive. He was, and he, what a lovely fella. And, you know, people like him, Chris Waddle, John Sheridan, mm. Chris Woods, Carl Palmer. You know, again, you look at that dressing room that I played in, I was uh, very fortunate to play with some absolute stars. And, um, you know, I've had a fantastic career. Um you know, maybe the, the uh, move didn't work out as well as possible. Um, I did have a bad car crash which sent me back a bit. But, um, you know, you don't have, you know, you don't have too many regrets in football. I managed to play for 20 years and uh, now I've scored a win in a cup final representing my country. So it's a, it's a career that I'm um, very proud of. And, um, you know, I've, I've played over, you know, probably 500 league and cup games and scored over 100 league goals. So, yeah, I'm delighted with it. And, uh, you know, I pass that on to my boys all the time. And, uh you know, hopefully, you know, one of those, if not both, uh, can maybe follow my footsteps and be even better than I was. Brilliant. Well, you should be very proud of it. And, and once again, well done for the cup final. And hopefully we'll see your boys playing and, and carrying the, the Jensen name on. That would be lovely. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your okay, time, Okay, no problem. Thanks very much. Cheers, out. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Nigel Jensen there. who scored the, the winner in the 1990 uh, League Cup final, which was called the Littlewoods Challenge cup then um so it's it had a few names over the 90s do we remember the other names the cup had in the 90s rumbelows rumbelows was next correct next coca-cola yes we're almost there and Worthington. yes that's it 90s perfection and what i always remember as well about coca-cola especially was the the advert they used to do uh in the newspapers before the final where they have the two coke cans decked out in the, the club colors wherever they were playing i always remember the, the aston villa man united year because man united were in that newton heat half and to see a coke can that was kind of yellow and green was really bizarre and even a claret and blue one was really bizarre I've got some the pictures are actually in my book and we'll, we'll tweet them later that was one of the great adverts of, of the 90s but just looking back at some of the cup finals we, we spoke to Nigel there about the Nottingham Forest win in 1990 and he shared some great memories of that and, and of Brian Clough the following year Sheffield Wednesday 
Uh, they beat Man United 1-0 with a goal from John Sherrington and had Asda as their sponsor. Classic, absolute. Uh, following May night, I got the revenge last year when uh, a win over Nottingham Forest from Brian McClare and I scored that goal in that uh, very memorable Adidas blue kit that we talked about on, on last week's pod. And then I'm going to stop on 1993, not particularly for the game, and we'll get a neutral view of this because it's uh, Arsenal 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1. Paul Merson did the famous drinking celebration, but the celebration after the game of a one Steve Morrow who thought it would be a great idea to be carried around by Tony Adams on the pitch just after 100, I think it was after extra time, wasn't it? 120 minutes, so, you know, a, a very tired Tony Adams. He fell and broke his arm. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't necessarily think it was Steve Morrow's idea. I think it might be Tony Adams' <laughs> yeah. idea that, it was a, that th- th- thought it was a good idea to carry him around the pitch. Um, yeah, and that, yeah, and uh, didn't he? Do, he did say it was collarbone as mm. well. I think, and it, I don't know, I don't know how, what the conversation was like afterwards. Um, one thing I do remember from that year um, is that Arsenal beat Wednesday in both cup finals. They did, yeah, two um, one. I think the FA certainly the FA Cup final went to a replay an extra time. Um, Andy, Andy Linnigan scoring the, yeah, the winning goal the right the time. Yeah, right they scored the first goal yeah. Wednesday took off Wednesday took off Roland Nielsen because they, they thought it was going to go to penalties mm. and so they th- threw on another striker and then Linnigan headed the ball where Nielsen would have been standing on the goal line so that was a bit of a cock up the League Cup final I must admit I don't recall a great deal that year I remember reason. John Hart scoring because I used to have I used to like American football players just because it was so unusual for Americans to be playing soccer and I was obsessed with Roy Wegley as a kid so I remember John Hart scoring because he, he was part of that team as well but yeah the, the Morrow thing always stands out for me do, what do you remember about it Rob? I just remember as a child watching it and being absolutely shocked at the stupidity of it. I was 10 years old and I can remember thinking, I wouldn't do that in the playground and I definitely wouldn't want, you know, Tony Adams picking me up like that. I mean, I think as has been sort of nodded to already, the conversation in the dressing room after that must have been absolutely spectacular. Where's your winner's medal? I haven't got it. Yeah. yeah. It was the sight of him. Then, didn't they go to the hospital afterwards and, and present him with the trophy, if I remember rightly? Something like that, I think. Or, or, that might be Gary Mabbott, isn't it? That definitely did it for Gaza in the, in the 91, didn't they? Yeah, and I think yeah. Morrow had... Oh, he came to the yeah. FA Cup final in a sling. I remember that. And he got well. presented the medal there. Yeah, yeah he got his medal. He was the only one who got a medal in the first game, wasn't he? So I won't talk... Arsenal too much with you there, Jack, because it's not fair. Uh, moving on. I was going to say, you were asking for a neutral. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll come on to neutral video on that. Next season, we're going back to Andrew because it was the game he's, we've already briefly mentioned, which was Aston Villa 3, a very, very good, as we've mentioned already, the Man United team going for the treble one. Uh, goals from Daley Atkinson and Dean Saunders. That was, a, that was a Villa team that pushed United to the, trof- uh, to the title the season before, wasn't it? Um, yeah, in the, in the first, first Premier League, 92-3. It was a good final as it well, was, wasn't it? It was Man United, Villa and Norwich, bizarrely. Yeah, um, yeah it was a good final. Um, we were sort of helped in the lead-up to it because Peter Schmeichel got sent off in a league mm. game. And, Gareth, um, Gareth, um, Les, Les Seeley, the late, great Les Seeley. Yeah. Um, played um, and he, well, I mean, he wasn't at fault for any of the goals, but of course, Schmeichel had even then had that aura, um, you know. And if you if if you were a striker bearing down on goal, uh, as Dalian Atkinson was uh, for the first goal, and Peter Schmeichel spreads himself, you were uh, a little bit put off. But um, yeah, and we just we we played very very well. I can remember it very clearly. Um, again, also helped by Andre Kanchelskis handling on the goal line. By that stage, we you know we were two one up. United got themselves back into the game, but um, yeah. So Dean Dino Dean Saunders, my first footballing hero, um, had the misfortune of interviewing him once when he was manager of Wrexham after they just lost a game um, at Eastbourne Borough. So um, he wasn't very best pleased oh, well. then. But remember uh, the good times. Remember the good times. Uh, Daly and Atkinson. And Under, always thought underrated that goal of the season he scored against Wimbledon. I think in the 
absolutely, uh, yeah. Well, it was underrated, alienate consent. Absolutely, and 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 um, young. Uh, I think it was that game rather than '96. Yeah, '94. Young Graham Fenton as well. He was thrown in. Black, you went to Blackburn. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was thrown in. Uh, you know, right at the deep end for a, for a player who wasn't that experienced. So he, he did quite well. And you stopped him doing the treble, didn't you? As well, yeah. with domestic treble yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. they won. They beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great memories there. Um, do you remember that game? Much the start? I mean, I mean, for I suppose for fans of that era we all May United were the team weren't they that we didn't want to win because they were dominant like Liverpool were in the 80s May United just began then dominance and I think we all as neutral supported Villa I think it's fair to say in that final definitely but I think at the same time you've got to appreciate that the team that Man United was starting to form there were absolutely you know coming through fantastic and as we said you know what a fantastic result for Villa you know Daly and Atkinson as we're saying massively underrated really good finish for the first goal um, I think by the time Kanchelski's got sent off, what was that, 90th minute or something? Mm. Oh, it's game over, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think what stands out for me as well, when, the, when you kind of look back at the 90s and you look at a team like Villa, I think it, 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 it's almost kind of burnt into me a little bit now that I still kind of like, I still see Villa as being like that kind of like massive club in a mm. way. that it, they're Not to say they're not, no offence or anything, but it's, it's just, it's more so, there's still always that team that carries that like subconscious threat to me because of... What a big side they were! You know, they came second, like you say, in the in the inaugural Premier League season, and but, they, you know, won the league. Yeah, Cup I think twice, you know, know, I think I think obviously as well. The, you know, it's only the last four years or so that we've been sort of down 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 at heel. So uh, you know, we had top six finishes under Martin O'Neill and stuff. So yeah, I think I say we're best of the. It's always kind of the best of the rest. You get the top four or five out of the way, and then you start to look at us, Everton, and other teams, and go, yeah, well, they could do something if they put their mind to it. Yeah, we'll stick. We'll go back to Villa slightly in a minute. Just in between Villa's two wins was the '95 final where Liverpool beat Bolton two one. I remember Stephen Manningham having an absolute blinder Fantastic that play. day as well, and a young Alan Thompson scoring for Bolton. But we, we won't too, we won't go too much Villa again. But again, the next. 1996, that final, completely different, where, as you said earlier, and a Leeds fan on Twitter actually said to me earlier, uh, Vic Sagner, who will no doubt be on the pod later in the season, that his team didn't turn up, and Thomas Brolin, the, the new big signing that Leeds, was sitting on the bench, and they started Andy Gray instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, Not the Sky Pundit for those, no. No, no, no an ex-Villa player, no. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and you're right, they, they, they didn't turn up. Um, it was a little bit more comfortable, um, and it was again. It was a slight, it was a different Villa team, despite the fact that I mean there were a few survivors in there, but uh, you know Paul McGrath notably, but Mark Bosnich, but a new team, and you know under a different manager. Two years later, and we won the won the uh, won the cup uh, the league cup again. So I think it was just partly a, a getting into a tradition that we thought, and then nearly twenty years later, we've not won anything since. I'm going to go back to Brolin just because I love talking about Thomas Brolin because he was such a, a 90s kind of staple hold that didn't really work out for Leeds um, and later on was mocked for, for being overweight. But do you remember when... I remember when Thomas Brolin... It was such a massive deal when Thomas Brolin signed for Leeds, wasn't it? He'd performed so well against England, didn't he? In year and, you know, and he'd, he'd burst onto the scene and unfortunately by the time he finished his time in England he was bursting out of his trousers at Crystal Palace. <laughs> so. And now sells vacuum cleaners. Does he? Yeah. He even wants to be a goalkeeper in Sweden. He did, yeah. Now he's a vacuum cleaner. So... Of the two Villa wins, just lastly on on Villa here, was that the better one? Do you think, or do you go heart back to the? No, main I one? think I, I think we we look at the ninety six one as satisfactory. Obviously, mm. you win a trophy, and it was a convincing win. And Savin Milosevic's goal was was a, was a terrific one. Um, you know, he didn't fulfil his promise, and then ended up uh, boot, being booted out of the club after spitting at one of his own fans. Oh, but yeah. um, you know, Milosevic's goal was great, but for just for a, 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 a just an enjoyment of the day and as the result, and you know, just who Man United were as we mentioned earlier, and what that meant. That that is the big one, the '94 one. 
Cool, good stuff. Um, two more finals that happened before we we'll switched attention to Tottenham at the end of the decade was the 97 final, which Leicester won after extra time over poor old Middlesbrough, of course, lost both finals and got relegated that year. And poor old Janinho was crying on the pitch, which we spoke about uh, in the first pod and actually blamed Brian Dean for, for making him cry. So apologies again to that for Brian. Um, it didn't end there for Middlesbrough because they lost the following year as well to Chelsea uh, 2-0 with uh, Sinclair and Di Matteo. And then 1999, the last final of the decade. I'm going to go over to Jack because it was glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur, wasn't it? It was. It was after a, after a barren spell since 91. We, we finally brought a bit of silverware back to White Hart Lane. I can remember actually this was a, this was a game that at the time um, I actually listened to on the radio. It reminds me of, uh, yeah, well, I, I didn't have Sky. didn't have Sky TV at the time. And I, I hardly had any mates that even supported Spurs, let alone mates that had Sky as well. So I remember being sat upstairs listening to every moment of it on the radio and hearing how it unfolded. But still, even though I was just listening to it, forming uh, uh, probably a lifelong hatred of Robbie Savage <laughs> as a result of it that It was his final. scuffle with Justin Edinburgh, wasn't it, it was that indeed. led to the red card? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Justin Edinburgh, he was always a bit of a live wire anyway, wasn't he? I mean, you can't really, probably fully blame Robbie Savage for that. But he, he did enough throughout the course of the game, Robbie, to... Uh, that. But yeah, no, you know, it was... Uh, I, I can just remember the, the nerves even then setting me up for a lifetime as being a Spurs fan of, like, you know, we, sh- we probably should be winning this, but... You know, it's still it's still on the wire. Um, but coming through with Alan Nilsson with his glorious, glorious diving header. And what, what are your memories of that um, Tottenham team? Because that was the George Graham Tottenham team, wasn't it? Which obviously caused controversy when he arrived at the club being an ex-Arsenal man. It was more, other than Ginola, obviously, it was more industrial. Alan Nilsson kind of summed up that kind of team. He was kind of a box-to-box. It wasn't really the top, it wasn't the famous five or, the, you know, the Aussie Ardenas era, was it? No, it was, yeah, like you say, it was all just pretty much, it was, we were just kind of, we were a team. We were just a, a generic side that kind of existed that, performed the function that, that's kind of what Spurs were for and I, I guess that's where a lot of that kind of like 90s misery comes from because it was like they're Spurs so they're the team that finishes 14th to you know 8th I guess but uh, and it also I guess it stands out that it was one of the few trophies that he who shall not be named won <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah for his boyhood club Absolutely, yeah, George Graham. We did a good, yeah, he did a good job as well, George Graham. Um, I'm going to talk about David Nolan slightly as well because David Ginola at that season, um, he won Player of the Year. Um, just, I say it all the time, but despite May I win the treble, but he was, it was such an astounding year, wasn't it? And that goal against Barnsley. What do you remember? What your is he one of your heroes? She growing up, would he be you saying you're one of your best Spurs 11s, David Ginola? Probably not. I think I think just about now nowadays, if I if I was to be coldly you know, like mechanical about it, I'd say probably Gareth Bale's just taken his place as mm. one of the best players that Spurs have played in that position. But, you know, Ginola, for everything that he brought to the team, like you say, through such a cold kind of era for Spurs, having that kind of star quality about him was just, it was, you know, it was, it was probably that first kind of like crowd kind of pleasing player that we'd had since maybe even Klinsman, yeah. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to leave the... We're running, we're running out of time already, as we always do on the pod. But um, because he's the, not the neutral here, I'm going to leave the last word to Rob. Of those finals, um, so we're looking at kind of, you know, nine finals there, what one sticks out for you most, if you think 90s League Cup finals? Is the one that sticks out the most for you? Uh, there's a couple, and there's for, for a couple of reasons. Um, the, I think it was the 1991 where Sheffield Wednesday won and the cup was presented by the Rumblows Employee of the Year. <laughs> um, for me, 
<laughs> I never made it as a professional footballer, but if I knew that Jane from Rumblows and Welling was going to give out the trophy, I would have buckled down so much harder. Whatever happened to Rumblows? It's a shame. It's, it's the same, same way as Radio Rent. Yeah, it did, didn't they? And, the other, and you said you said they would say, "What's the other one that stands out for you?" I think really, um, just Savo Milosevic's goal in the three 0 win over Leeds was just absolute perler. Fantastic. I mean, being a Millwall fan, not really too keen on Leeds, and so um, you know, see, see, seeing them get stuffed three 0 in a scorcher like that. I mean, even Ian Taylor's second was, was pretty good. Well taken on the volley, left foot as well. So um, yeah, I think I think. I think Jane from Rumbelows and Leeds winning three 0 Jane from Rumbelows, if you're listening, you are very much part of Alive and Kicking and the 90s podcast. Well, that's all we've got time for. Unbelievable. Yes, we've run out of time again. Um, thank you, Jack, for Todd of Memories. Thank you, Rob, and thank you, Villa fan. And that. who have you got on the back of that shirt? I just noticed there's someone on the back of it. Go on, stand up. Oh dear, this will be good. This will be good for a laugh. Ooh, oh, it's Dion <laughs> Dublin, <laughs> Mr. Holmes under the hammer. <laughs> Brilliant. And on that note, uh, I will bid you farewell. Next week we'll be talking transfers as it's deadline week. Um, Uh, So please join us then. Um, But until then, keep it 90s. This podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production.